0: This episode is sponsored by The Art of Pinning, a self-paced Pinterest class for wedding and lifestyle photographers. If you are having a hard time driving traffic into your website, or SEO is overwhelming you, or the people that are visiting your website are not the kind of visitors, AKA they're not converting into clients, then this class is for you. You can find more information at www.thetalkrepublic.com forward slash Pinterest, or just follow the link in the notes. Now, enjoy this episode. Friend, welcome to another episode of The Talk Republic, and today we are doing things a little bit different. A couple of years ago, I got interviewed by my friend Daniel Moyer, he is a fantastic photographer and Also, I would even say that uh, an even better podcast host. He is really a fantastic interviewer. And we had this conversation about getting your brand noticed and obviously we talk about Pinterest. I really love this interview, so I asked him if I could use it on my own podcast and he was like, yes, Carolina, go ahead, do it. So I want you to listen to this conversation. It's all about Pinterest, but most importantly, what I want you to do is to introduce you to a new podcast his podcast is the focus photographer podcast if you listen to this interview and you enjoy the way that daniel asks questions guides their guests to their podcast then you need to go to itunes or spotify and immediately subscribe to his podcast What I love about his interviews, obviously, is the way that he asks questions and the topics that he addresses. But another thing that I find really interesting is that he sets his podcast with themes. So the latest that he covered was photographers and mental health. And he had several different, you know, photographers talking about this topic. The interviews are really, really, really good. And I think that is absolutely worth listening. It doesn't matter which stage uh, of your business are you in or in which headspace do you find yourself at. The interviews are, as I mentioned, packed with information vulnerability and you know advice or tips for you so without any further ado, give a warm welcome to my friend daniel moyer and don't forget to check out his own podcast called the focus photographers podcast i will add all the links to connect with him on the notes of this episode and now enjoy this interview
1: Hey photographer friends, thank you for tuning into another episode of the focused photographers podcast where photographers gather. I'm your host Dan Moyer and today's episode is the first episode in a series that I'm calling getting noticed, which is all about how to get people to see your work and see your website and come there and then contact you to pay you money to photograph them. But before we get into that, I want to give you a little update uh, because big news is that uh, I had a huge major update to the focus photographer's website when I first put it up there, I realized like you know I I was just putting up a website because I needed to have one because I'm a personality and all that stuff and I realized that as I was making it, I was making a website that was not me that it was sort of talking about me and trying to make me look cool which fun fact I am not cool <laughs> um, and as I was looking at it recently I said that I need this to show you all out there um, how I'm here to serve you. So I really focused in on the three ways that I try to give back to the photography community, and that is the Focused 5 newsletter, that is this podcast, and that is through one-to-one coaching. So if you go to focusedphotographers.com, you can check it out, take a look at the update, let me know what you think, and um, I'm excited to share it with you all. Now, my guest today is somebody I look up to very much. Uh, She was the first podcast I was ever on as a guest and it, it comes full circle today, I think actually almost two years later, um, that I get to have her on my podcast. Uh, her name is Carolina Guzik. She needs no introduction. She is the host of the Tog Republic podcast. She has this amazing course that we're going to talk about today called The Art of Pinning. Um, she's got all different ways that you can engage with her and and really talk to her about the thing that she's passionate about, which is marketing. Um, she has a degree in mass communications and advertising. She is really amazing and such a wealth of knowledge. And I'm so thankful that I've got to have her on the podcast today to share all of her knowledge with you. So without further ado, please welcome my friend, Carolina Guzik. All right, friends, I am beyond excited right now, and here's the reason why I'm beyond excited is because my guest, Carolina Guzik, is the person who invited me on the first ever podcast that I was on. I'm pretty sure I was on her podcast before I even had my own podcast, um, and she believed in me, and she is one of the biggest cheerleaders on my journey, so I'm so excited to have you here on my podcast today.
0: Uh- I love this. I was waiting for this invitation. I see your success, and I'm like, when am I gonna get an invite? So finally, <laughs>
1: <laughs> what success? I mean, I know somebody over there on the other side of the microphone has 150 thousand plus downloads on her podcast, right? Yes. close yeah. to
0: 200 now. Listen, you know, yes. it, took, it took a while to get there, but you know. Yeah you know every download download counts so i'm happy yes.
1: <laughs> yeah i mean y- you are somebody who i constantly see constantly showing up constantly like cheerleading for other people right like you magnify a lot of people's voices you're constantly just like putting content out there like the website reviews that you do are amazing for people like your patreon is crushing like good on you that's what thank i'm saying
0: thank you thank you i really enjoy it as my um it's it's my hobby, even though it's also my business. But like I really like I really enjoy it. So so Very that's cool. good.
1: So a little bit about you is that like obviously you're a photographer for in Miami, wedding mm-hmm. photographer for ten years. Um, but before that, did you you have a degree in marketing? Did I see that?
0: I do. I have a degree in marketing and mass communication and I used to work uh, I did work in an ad agency and I also work in hotels. So like I had a little bit of both uh, worlds experience, yes.
1: Wow. Okay. Um, so what, what made the, the leap from, you know, marketing big world to wanting to do your own thing and have your own business and all that stuff?
0: <laughs> my husband says that I don't work well with others. <laughs> 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 so that I needed my own business, which is not true, because I really love working in the ad industry. But dumb luck. Like, I always complain about not having enough photos of myself growing up. And my mm. husband bought me a camera I started to take pictures of myself. Then my friends were like, oh, you have a camera. Can you take my photo? And I'm like, sure. I didn't even know it was a business possibility. Uh And then I remember finding out this family photographer. I don't remember her name, nothing. She was based in Chicago. This was like 15 years ago. And I'm like, she has a website. She charged money for this? This is crazy. (laughs) Uh, And one thing led to another. And because I had really nothing to lose, it was really like ignorance is bliss right like mm-hmm. i had nothing to lose but i also knew nothing i was like i'm gonna put up a business and i still have my job at the you know my regular corporate job yeah so i'm just gonna copy somehow this woman's numbers like this is what she says to charge i guess this same. is what it is
1: <laughs> yeah yeah
0: <laughs> and don't luck i start booking clients i was like perplexed. I'm like, you want to pay me to take family photos? Because I'm Colombian. And in Colombia, that is not a thing. Here, I feel like in the United States, it's very traditional to go and get your photos at Sears or whatever, you know, like in the 80s and 90s. You know, people do that. In Colombia, nobody takes family photos. That is unheard of. So I didn't even know that was like a possibility.
1: Is that something that's changing now? Uh, Like in or was that like You know, when you were growing up, people didn't do that. But now, now, since photography is so accessible and all that stuff, you'll, you see that now. Is that still the case in Colombia?
0: It's still very much the case, even though there is some amazing wedding photographers, like it's still family photography is something that is just like, why? Why are we going to do that? So it's like very, it's like a very little, not market, because I mean, I guess if you market yourself, you can, you know, get yourself out. But culturally, it's not something that we are used to.
1: Hmm. Interesting. So I remember, I think when we were first talking a while ago, I think it was just, you know, you and I just chit-chatting. You were saying that, you know, there wasn't a lot of representation for Spanish and Colombian mm. um, podcasts and people who sort of sounded like you and, and uh, podcasts in Spanish for the photography community. Um, is that why I, I see this? I can sort of make, I don't know, not the writing on the wall, but like I can see the kind of picture coming together where you've got this, you know, marketing uh, background. And you're also seeing this huge hole of representation missing in the photography world. And you say, Hey, I'm going to start a podcast that talks about, you know, marketing and all this stuff that's so essential and to bring it into the photography world. Am I right on that?
0: Again, don't look, I started doing my (laughs) podcast because uh i love like at the time this was years ago we used to have like luncheons with like other photographers it was just like a group of six of us and i remember photographically speaking like they were more advanced what i consider being more advanced right they were having they were booking these weddings that i could only dream of. they were Uh working at these venues that were like i'm like they were like my dream venues at the time and i was like a little tiny baby photographer with like you know you know, not the greatest, you know, <laughs> right. clientele and all that. But they were always picking my brain about marketing things. Mm. And they were like, Carolina, how would you do this? And then one day I'm like, what is going on in here? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm like, I need to apply all this knowledge that I have from like my degree and my experience in advertising into my own business, right? Sometimes it's kind of hard to do things at home that you do for others kind of a thing. So anyway, so one day I'm like, hey, I am going to start a podcast and I guess I told you this many times. I didn't even know how to start a podcast for many many episodes. I didn't even I wasn't even tracking who was listening to my podcast. In my <laughs> mind I'm like, this is just a journal. Nobody's yep. reading this, nobody's listening to this. Maybe my mom, I don't know. But when I, you know, started actually getting, you know, DMs, and people were like, I listened to your podcast. I'm like, oh, oh, oh. Wow. People are listening to this. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, so like a lot of my things in my business have been dumb luck and also excitement to experiment something for fun without Mm -hmm. really expectations. And then I, things seem to work out.
1: <laughs> I think we could all use a little bit of that right now of just like, like I have friends who really want to start a podcast or really want to do this project or that project. And they're just stuck in the details. And I love that you were like, meh, I'll just like, I'll give this a shot, right?
0: Well, I remember at the time I had, we used to meet every week with another friend of mine that she had an actually an agency. So we used to, we used to call each other accountability partners. So it uh-huh. was my favorite part of the week because she will talk about her business and I will like give my expertise or like my point of view as an outsider. And the same thing for my business, even though she wasn't a photographer and I wasn't, well, she's in advertisement and I was in advertisement, but still, you know, it was like really good to have that conversation. And she was like, I want to start a podcast too. And I'm like, we should do it. And she's the kind of person that has to be everything perfect. And I remember she was Mm. like, I'm going to start a studio in my house. I'm like, what are you talking about a studio? And I remember she went and she got like the padding for the walls and everything. I'm like, oh. this is insane. Well, it's been like six years. She has a nice padding room in her house, but she has no podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not the first step that that, you know, I would have taken but, but I, mine was my journey was sort of similar. I was like, I mean, I had a podcast previous to this It's called the put a ring on a podcast that was for couples and that gave me some confidence to do this but it really just started out as like I've got some thoughts about the wedding world and thoughts about how I do things that I want to share them and it's going to be kind of like a journal and we'll just see what happens with it so as I was sort of like getting ready for this episode I was I was looking into you know more about what you're about and and uh, you know the content that you've put out mm-hmm. and all that stuff and I went on to your website and I, I feel like When I first started as a a photographer, it was you get into it because like you're good at like you take pictures and somebody sees the pictures and they're like, wow, you're good at taking pictures. You should do this Mm -hmm. for, you know, for a business. And you're like, all right, maybe I'm going to charge some money for this. Kind of like what you're saying. And then you and then you like put up a website or whatever. And we all know that you can be an amazing photographer. But if you don't market yourself and put yourself out there. Nobody's going to see it. But there's also, we all know, many cases of, like, sort of mediocre Mm -hmm. photographers who, like, crush their marketing – And they have tons of clients banging down their door. And there's this one thing on your website that says, without good marketing strategies, no matter how amazing you are at what you do, your audience won't see your work. This means that it will be really hard to get new clients to hire you for creative services. And sadly, your business won't be profitable. The Photographer Public is for both new and well-established photographers. Let's all work together to have a more successful and profitable industry, shall we?
0: (laughs) Exactly right.
1: It's so good. It's so good. Tell me more about that and sort of like, you know, this, um, like why you're so passionate about marketing and, and why it's like the chosen thing that you talk about, because again, let me just find finish up this thought and, let, and then I'll let you speak is that, you know, I don't think marketing was something that many of us thought of when we first started out, but I think so many photographers, because of like of these newer photographers are realizing that marketing and branding are so important right from the beginning from people like you who are saying, no, no, no photography is good, but you really have to have your business acumen, and your business skills lined up as well. So right. tell me a little about that.
0: I believe that there are things that you're born with, right? Yep. There is sometimes I talk to photographers and I'm like, they're really photographers down to their bones. I am not. I can live without a camera. I go on vacation. I don't even bring my camera. I don't care. I have my cell phone. That'll do. But I have <laughs> other photographers that they're really, they're like, look at the light and all that. So they're really at their core. That's who they are. I think that at my core, in my bones, I am a marketing person. Mm. Since I was little, I used to do businesses with my cousins and I used to do transactions <laughs> and I used to do like, how are we gonna get the word out? And like, yeah. I used to like rally for my cousins, you know, when we're like, oh, we wanna do this for vacation. I'm like, don't worry. I'll get this all together so we can convince <laughs> our parents. Like I'll, I'll, I'll make the self speech and I make sure that every week <laughs> I am doing something to like plant that seed in their heads. Yeah. yeah. So I think that was for me when I was in the ad agency, I thought it was really good. Cause it was like, Oh my, I was like, this is so amazing. But it was like, so also very, I was just like starting out. So like, I was like, nobody was really like listening. I was just there to <laughs> le- learn. Right. So anyways, right. so when I started my photography business and again, I was seeing that all these photographers that I admire were doing so good, like photography wise, but they were coming to me. Like, I I always felt like I was like the underdog at these launches. But then as soon as I got there, I'm like, I had the mic. They were like, please tell us how to do this. I'm like, oh, maybe this is really my passion. And Mm. I think it's really important to give people the knowledge and show them why it is important that they market. Because yes, I've known also many photographers that they're beautiful images and the craft is really really good but like okay so what if nobody sees how good you are right like great what are you gonna do are you gonna be like a starving artist that was good I don't know when like in the (laughs) 20s it's not good anymore nobody (laughs) wants that so so you need to be really good at selling yourself and I think that as photographers or artists we have a hard time understanding that, and I think it's also a cultural thing. So I think for many, many years, we associate sales with a bad thing, even yep. though everything that we do in our lives is a transaction, whether we like it or not. Everything we do is a transaction, whether mm. it's financial or with time of your friends, everything. You're always selling yourself. Even when you're with your family, you're selling yourself. When you're with your friends, you're selling yourself. So understanding that and embracing it, uh, I think it's, you know, really what, what we need to do to make a business that is profitable for us. It also, like, it breaks my heart when I go to Facebook and people say, like, look at my website. I am not booking people, and their work is amazing. amazing. And it's like, now I'm going to have to go and get a job that I hate. Hmm. Or, I mean, you have to do what you have to do, right? Yep. yep. You need money, you need money. But, like, there is many things that we can do before we actually have to give up in something that we love.
1: Where do you think that idea of marketing, becoming sort of synonymous with selling and being very sleazy and like, and like not feeling good. Where do you think that that comes from?
0: I think that comes from like decades ago and not even the wedding industry. It comes from like people not liking that hard sell on the street, right? The you pressure, to walk, yeah. Exactly, the pressure. You need this. This is what you need to do. If not, you're going to lose. Or, you know, if you don't get this right now, you're going to miss out, like, a lot of FOMO and a lot of, like, pressure. Like, yep. you know, we all have bought a used car, you know? So you go there <laughs> yeah. and it's just like, oh my God, what's happening in here? Like, if you don't buy it right now, somebody else is going to get it in two minutes. Really? There's nobody else here. Who, who <laughs> else is going to get it in two minutes? So I think that we have been conditioned culturally about... Hudge how we perceive sales.
1: Yeah, that, that's a good point. It's like, it's like you're boxed in, right? Like, I think that's the part that like always bothered me. Well, like, like I remember one time I sold, so I was trying to sell one of the cars I had. My sister was getting rid of her car. Um, and I took over her car. I was trying to sell my car. I just listed on like Facebook marketplace mm-hmm. and like somewhere else. And this guy called me. He's like, Hey, I sell cars for people. It's like consignment. I take a small cut or whatever. And, I was totally trusting and all this stuff. And after the whole thing, like I was just young and naive. I was maybe like early twenties. and I just remember after like he had sold the car, I ended up having to pay him more money than I expected Mm. because like, he was like, Oh, I just, you know, a buyer was interested and I just had to give it. And I just felt like boxed in by the whole thing. And I think that that's how a lot of photographers feel, especially when you start talking about IPS and all these things like, like like you're boxing the client in or you're like putting them in this high pressure situation. And and that is where, that's just like a trickle down effect where it's like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to shove somebody's, you know, my thoughts down somebody's throat. I don't want to pressure them into booking me. But like in reality, like is the solution to that to put yourself out there and like what you believe and let people come to you? Or how do you start doing that without being salesy?
0: I think there has to be, it's a mindset thing. Really, at the end of the day, this is a mindset. You need to believe that what you are doing is impactful, that Mm. what you are doing has value on it. So once you believe that, talking about your brand, talking about what you do becomes really easy because you're not technically selling. You're just showing somebody an opportunity. Mm. Who wouldn't want that? Who wouldn't want to have an opportunity, right? And then it's up to them to take it or not. Your job is not to close the sale your job is to show the value of your offer. Ooh,
1: I like that a lot.
0: That's it. So I think that that removes also a lot of the pressure, right? Like I am really into all the woo-woo things about mindset and meditation Same, and manifestation, me you know? Give it to
1: me. I'll drink the Kool-Aid. Give it to me, yes.
0: But, you know, so like I, I believe, and I was just talking about this, I don't remember, just recently, I was talking about this. Actually, the podcast that I released today, I was mentioning to Ooh. the person that was on the podcast. I was saying my business grew almost double the moment that my mindset changed. Has my photos changed? No, I can't go back. I actually posted the other day on my Instagram a wedding that I photographed eight years ago telling them how my, my style has actually not even changed. Classic forever. This <laughs> yep. is it. So it is really a mindset. I Was book, was I booking the weddings that I have today eight years ago? No. So yes, I have gotten better, obviously, at posting and things like that on my client journey, but it has been a mindset that what I do has a lot of value and it's actually a benefit for the people that choose to work with me.
1: I could not agree more. Um, That is one of the things that like, you know, I've, I've taken some sales training and stuff and And some of the ones that I've taken do make me feel sort of icky. And I realized that there's like a part to it where it's like, okay, I'm giving this person this opportunity. Let's say it's IPS, right? I'm, I'm giving this person this opportunity to buy wall art, right? And this is part of the experience. They know it. And I'm just helping them along this path, this journey to be able to say, okay, here's this option. You can book this. I'm going to make it easy for you. We're going to figure it out together. We're going to go through and do your whole wedding album right now. We'll get it done. Surely they can go somewhere else and do it. And some couples choose to do that. And I realized that there's this point, which I think where it becomes sleazy or becomes that it feels weird is when you start to, they say, oh, you know what? I think, I think we're okay. And then a lot of salesmen will push back and say, okay, well, let me... It's like the, the car salesman. They'll say, okay, well, let me mm. actually just go get my manager, right? And we'll yeah. and see what he has to say, right? There's this part where it's like, okay, if you don't want it, I'm going to let you go. Because either it's either I didn't express the value enough or you don't have the money right now and you physically can't actually do it, right?
0: Correct. And I, I sell a lot in the way that I like to be sold. I am extremely pragmatic. I don't like pressure. I don't like FOMO. The moment that you tell me that... It's a limited thing, or that somebody else wants it. I'm like, good. It's not for me. Let somebody else have it. Like that's right. the moment that you lose me as a client. Even if I have the money, even if I want it, that's the moment that I don't trust you. So I don't do that with my clients. As I mentioned, like I present the offer, and if they take it, great. Sometimes I get off a discovery call, and I'm like, I bombed this. I know that I yep. didn't show them the value of this. Absolutely know that I missed the opportunity here. I cannot go by like, hey. Well, let me call you back because, you know, <laughs> I forgot to mention this. No, you have to be on your A game at all times. But also, again, you have to believe that what you're doing is, is worth it. Like, let's talk about luxury market, right? Photographers okay. that are currently charging 30 dollars $40,000, $50,000 a wedding, right? Yep. Once you get to that level, you do have to believe that there is value on that, right? Can yeah. I do it myself right now? No, not because I don't have the ability, not because I don't have the technical aspects of a photographer. Right now, my mindset, my headspace, I cannot jump to that place right now. The moment that I am allowing myself or the moment that I trust that what I'm doing is absolutely worth 50 grand is the moment that I can jump into that luxury market easily.
1: Pricing is such a mind game. Like I remember very early on, I was charging, I was getting like, you know, low fours, low four thousands for a wedding. And this uh, buddy of mine who is sort of a mentor, but like he's been in the wedding photography game for a lot longer than I was. And I was booked for a date and I referred it to him. I was very excited that I got to refer to like somebody who was, you know, was doing much better than I am. His work is really amazing. He charges a lot more than me. I was like, well, you know, I'll get to, I'll get to, you know, pass this person off Mm -hmm. to you thinking they're never going to book like them, whatever. And they ended up booking him for $8,200 on the spot. And I was like, "What's interesting is that I I realized in that moment that that couple was inquiring with me had the funds to actually spend eight thousand mm-hmm. dollars with me, but and I didn't. You were going to sell
0: it for four thousand.
1: For four thousand, exactly. And I realized at that moment it is it is more about the mental game and the mindset than anything else.
0: I have very similar experience uh, before when my business was like at the tipping point, you know, when you're just like, ah, I'm about to make yep, it, but I don't yep. know if I'll be there. I worked with this amazing wedding planner that was like a dream wedding planner for me. It was dumb luck. Once again, she didn't recommend me. She didn't even know me. Like the couple somehow found me, whatever. The day of the wedding was amazing. She really liked the way I'd work. So she was like, hey, Carolina, send me your pricing because I think I have a couple that is going to be really good for you. So I sent her the pricing and I didn't hear back from her. And I'm like, I need to know. So like I... Send her, I'm like, it's super scary. I just remember, like, I'm getting sweaty right now thinking about that, even though that happened years ago. So, yeah. like, I sent her an email, and I'm like, hey, I sent you this information. Did you get it? And she was like, love your images, love the gallery that you sent to the thing, but you're too cheap. I cannot recommend it to my clients. Even though I want to recommend it to my clients, I cannot present your pricing to my clients. They wow. will never go for you, and it will make me look bad.
1: Wow. She's like, the
0: moment that you raise your pricing to X, Y, and C send me your price menu. Well, I did a couple of years later and she referred me like four weddings in a month, but it was something that I read once also like, like money and mindset about sales and all that is like putting on a pair of shoes. If it's too tight, you won't be able to walk comfortable, right? Like you're like, this doesn't feel good for me. Or if it's too big, like, let's say you're like, Oh, I don't feel like I can charge that much money. So I don't feel good in that kind of like space. It's going to be, you know, again, no comfortable. So Your money mindset has to be like good shoes. They have to fit right. You have to feel good. Sometimes you outgrow them. Sometimes you stay on the same space, but you have to feel good about what you do. Another thing that is like they have, again, culturally, we're not supposed to talk about ourselves. We're not supposed to talk about how good we are. And Mm -hmm. there is a very thin line between confidence and arrogance. Yeah. So (laughs) finding it, I think it's also crucial because if you're comfortable talking about yourself and you're comfortable saying like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good at what I do. Then again, the selling part becomes very easy.
1: Okay. So let's talk a little bit about this idea of sort of like, you know, getting yourself out there, right? Because talking to a client when they're in front of you is one thing, but getting them into the door is a whole other thing right and there are many different ways that we can do this you know some people will harp on seo some people will harp on you know referral networks and you know word of mouth um and there you are talking so much about pinterest and the power of that and you're on your instagram stories all the time saying like these are the people that i got in from you know just this one post on pinterest you know this is my stats from the last month and there are definitely you know people who are talking about pinterest a lot but you in the photography space Are really making it a place that I feel like a lot of photographers are not spending enough time, and it's like this. It's like it's like this hidden gem. So tell me just about you know what attracted you to Pinterest from a marketing perspective, um, and we'll start there.
0: Friend, this is a short podcast intermission to remind you that every month I am uploading actionable short tutorials about SEO, blogging, content creation, website reviews, and much more on my Patreon. Each tutorial has a very specific goal to help you level up an aspect of your business. You can access these tutorials at any time and as many times as you need to. In addition, each month, I am also hosting a live call where you can ask any questions regarding your business or marketing strategies. This is like having a tiny coaching call with me. You can currently access over 50 tutorials for only $10 a month. Join today. I have a direct link on the notes of this episode for you to check it out. Now, back to the episode. So I came to find out about Pinterest because at the time, uh, I used to follow a lot of bloggers that were just writing about, I don't know, blogging, marketing, business, you know? And all of them started talking about Pinterest and how Pinterest was so good. And I started, you know, I'm like, Well, if they say it's good, I'm good. I think one of the things that has been really an asset for me is that when I think about business or even marketing strategies, I don't look in the wedding industry. Maybe because at the time Mm. I'm like, nobody's doing anything here good in marketing. So so there's nobody that I can actually follow. So (laughs) I'm like, I'm going to have to do what people do in advertising. They take a look at what other industries are doing and then they implement ideas from other industries. Okay. So I was like, well, let me see you. you, know, what I can take from these people. So I start following them and I start posting things on Pinterest and it was good. You know, I was like, this is great. But then knowledge is power, right? So I'm like, I start, you know, understanding more about the platform and I started understanding how the platform was being used in my industry, right? Because I was using it as bloggers were using it, right? I'm like, let's see how this works in the wedding industry. And I'm like... It's not working good in the wedding industry for me. Mm-hmm. Like it's working okay, but I want to know if I change it, if I do a spin on this, if it's going to actually work out. I'm like, again, I have nothing to lose. Had very little traffic to my website from Pinterest. It was very new. So I'm like, whatever, you know, have to experiment. And I experimented. And then, you know, a couple of months later when I track my analytics, I'm like, this is absolutely incredible. So I started talking with my lunch friends about Pinterest. I'm like, you need to get a Pinterest! <laughs> and then, you know, my local friends start like inviting me to like, you know, Tuesdays together meetings and things like that. And I start talking a lot about Pinterest. And the more I talk, I'm like, I need to do more research about Pinterest. So I start research, you know, doing research with what other industries were doing on Pinterest, finding out what was working for them. And I'm like, how could I apply that in the wedding industry? And that's how my Pinterest strategy started being a success. I do understand or I do see because I have a class and I teach about Pinterest that a lot of people get really excited, right? When they see my stats, they're like, I want this. What they seem not to understand or they don't want to do is the hard work. Pinterest is not an easy platform. I mean, it is really easy to manage, right? right. Anybody can upload a photo, fantastic. Fantastic. But Pinterest is a platform that requires time. It's like mm. SEO. It doesn't you put, put a beautiful blog post on your on your blog. It's not gonna like reach a million people tomorrow. I mean, unless you're extremely famous, right? right. It's not gonna happen. We are so conditioned for instant, instant gratification. So people say like, oh well, I got you know 20,000 followers on Instagram. How is that gonna work on Pinterest? It's not. it's two different things yeah completely two different things there's two different strategies and what you need to do is you need to look at your analytics you need to look you need to track your data which is another thing that the majority of photographers don't do do. they Mm -hmm. don't track data if you don't know your numbers it's impossible for you to make adjustments If you are going to start using Pinterest, you need to be good at tracking your data and you need to be good at having patience. And also you need to know how the platform works. People say like, oh, I haven't gotten any referrals from Pinterest. I don't get many referrals that says I found you on Pinterest per se, but I get many, many referrals that I said I found you on Google. And that's like the go-to answer for a lot of things. Yes, my SEO is really good, but I can also see how much traffic to my website Pinterest sends every month and I can also see the quality traffic which means how many pages are they visiting on my website for how long are they staying what is their location and all those three aspects match my ideal client so people that are saying for over a minute and a half on my website that that is a long time there's people that are visiting more than two three pages so I'm like they're invested in what they see they like what they see they're exploring there is people that are based in the Miami metro area, New York, and LA, which those are, I I photograph a lot of destination weddings in Miami. A lot of people coming from New York, a lot of people coming from California. So I'm like, those are my clients. So once I understand the data from Pinterest and from my Google Analytics, I can make an educated assumption and say Pinterest is really helping me am I doing one-to-one transaction meaning that they saw me on Pinterest now they book me I don't know it's impossible to sell to tell also because the the way Pinterest work is like it's inspirational and aspirational people start planning their weddings on Pinterest even before they get a ring so let's say for example they find my photos they find my venues they're like I really like this idea for my own wedding they save that image and months pass by, maybe a year pass by before they're making a decision about a wedding photographer. What I did with that initial pin was send them to my website. In my website, I give them enough information for them to be, this is solid, I kind of like this even though I'm not ready to book a photographer but I like her style, I like you know, her brand voice, what have you. Maybe I'm gonna follow her on Instagram, right? So perhaps they start following me on Instagram. So a year later, when they contact me, they could be like, hey, I found you on Google. Or they could be like, I've been following you on Instagram for a whole year, which is valid. But how did they find me initially was that Pinterest post.
1: Interesting. So I want to go back to what you said sort of in the beginning, uh, which was, you know, photographers will say, oh, it's not working for me. it, It is what it is. I'm assuming that's because they just haven't put the time in. They haven't done the consistent work of continuing to post regularly over and over again is that what i'm hearing
0: it could be that it could be that they're actually not checking their analytics so if you if they're not getting increase that says like oh we found you on pinterest they're disregarding the platform they're like oh isn't working because i'm not getting the exact word that i'm looking for which is pinterest but what is the second word that you might be looking for google what is another word that you might be looking for online
1: online know- search yeah <laughs> yes Blog, Blog, exactly.
0: So what I, again, what I want people to focus when they're using Pinterest is their data from their Google Analytics. How many people are visiting their website? If you tell me that you have done my class, that you have done everything that I have taught you about Pinterest and that I go back, you know, a year later after you created your account and you have been consistent with your postings and all that, and then I see that you have zero traffic, then I'll be like, maybe it isn't working for you right and i'll be <laughs> right. like i'll be like okay we can argue with numbers it is what it is but if i go back and i see a lot of traffic then i'll be like then there is a problem here something is broken here because remember pinterest is just the first point of contact and pinterest audience is a very very cold audience nobody goes on pinterest looking for their favorite um What's the word? Influencer. Nothing like that. It's kind of like a Google search. But again, as I mentioned, it's aspirational and inspirational. You go to Google immediately when you need something, right? I need something for the next month, the next couple of days. I'm going to go to Google. It's going to give me the answer. Pinterest is where people go to dream. I want to have a wedding in Miami that is going to be outdoors, that is going to be so pretty. Let me see how those venues look like. So they go to Pinterest to see all the beautiful venues in Miami. Once they find a photo they like, they're like, oh, this is exactly what I want. I'm going to save it on my board. And then they go back to those boards to revise that information. And then again, if they click in that pin and if you have done the work correctly, that image is going to take them to a blog post about that wedding. What's going to have that blog post? Most images about that wedding more inspiration what's going to happen in that in the website if you have a website that is not converting if you have a website where you don't have what i call breadcrumbs and breadcrumbs is like more posts that are similar to that post so you keep them in like that
1: Spider a, like a web content loop or exactly. something. Yeah, 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 okay. What's going
0: to happen? What's going to happen if your website got shut down and you haven't even noticed that your website is not even working? What's going <laughs> to happen if your contact form is not working and you're like, I haven't received any inquiries? Well, you don't even check your contact form to see if it's working. So you can lose that traffic on your website really easily if the whole system isn't set up. But again, we have data that tell us like 40 million couples per year use Pinterest to plan a wedding. You want to tell me that out of 40 million couples, you're not going to find five, 10 couples?
1: What's wild is that like, when you say it that way, it makes so much sense, but I don't feel like that many photographers are working at the same way that they work Instagram. I mean, granted, you know, there's uh, there's definitely exceptions to every single case, right? You know, lots of people say, oh, well, I, I book a lot off Instagram. I, I've always felt like not that many people go to Instagram to make a transaction. It's that It's that sort of, You know, their friend saw a picture um, that that uh, of yours and they tagged, they put it in their story and then they happen to see you and they happen to be engaged. But like it almost seems like happenstance, like it's just sort of a like maybe. Right. Um, And it has to be like like it's almost like word of mouth. where like, you know, one of your couples posts a picture and then you go from there. But it doesn't seem like. That many people do the same thing on Pinterest, even though, like you're saying, couples are going on there and creating inspiration and cr- literally taking pictures and saving them to come back to them. Mm-hmm. So if you're in those pictures, if those pictures are you, and and I'm assuming you probably have like a way you write the captions and all those things. So that way, as soon as they click on that picture, it says who it's by, blah, blah, blah. That makes so much sense.
0: And it's also understanding the platform. The way that I write on Pinterest is completely different as the way that I write on Instagram. In Instagram, I'm extremely personable. I talk about, you know, even even in my post about weddings, I talk about like, oh, so-and-so love the housewives. And that's why at the <laughs> wedding, you know, like I'm more like into like the things that I love and the things that they love. On Pinterest, because the audience is completely cold, I am more pragmatic. I am not Mm. writing about me loving the housewives and how so-and-so were so romantic on their wedding day. No, I'm talking about like this venue is perfect for people that are coming from out of town that want to have a garden wedding in Miami.
1: Straight to the point.
0: What is this about? Garden weddings in Miami. What is this for couples that want a garden wedding in Miami? Or, you know, a castle wedding in Miami. And I talk about like a specific venue that looks like a castle. Things Because people are not going with that like emotional thing into Pinterest. They're going for like, again, aspirational But how Mm -hmm. are they looking something aspirational? Beach wedding in Miami. How does a garden wedding look in Miami? Because they want to see, they, you know, they're just like dreaming about their wedding. And if I have all those images for them to like, to kind of like add fire to that dream, to be like, this is exactly what we wanted. This is so good. Then I got them. I got them only like at a 5%. I haven't got them (laughs) at a hundred percent. I'm going to get them more on my website.
1: But they're also going to say like, oh, who took these pictures like like that makes so much sense because like they know that what they're searching for, it's not by chance. Like, I think that's the one thing that hangs me up about spending so much time on Instagram is it feels like you're putting so much out there and it's sort of by chance if somebody finds you or whatever, because it's so massive. But this is very calculated and, you know, people are coming there searching for what you want. It's like, you know, it's a mini search engine, it is. Um, a, a visual search engine of, you know, they are looking for this specific thing. And you can say, yeah, here, I, I do this one thing. Here's a picture that shows you. And I also am for hire if you want me to do this thing for you. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so I feel like you're already on this topic a little bit. But can you sort of run me through like what a, a post would look like for uh, for Pinterest that you would do like a little like flow of sort of what it would be?
0: So for Pinterest, I focus only on vertical images. And it's really funny because when I started doing Pinterest, like the way that I shoot completely changes because now in my mind, I'm like, I need to shoot for Pinterest. So like ah. I shoot very vertical a lot more than okay. horizontal. So I'm going to choose a vertical photo because that that's what Pinterest... <laughs>
1: That hurts my feelings a little bit. A lot like, of
0: photographers I'm, get like, ah. But also, if you want to get published in magazines, they want vertical photos over horizontal photos.
1: I'm shaking a little bit. Like, I don't, I, like, <laughs> have you ever heard this, like, silly thing where if God, if God intended us to take vertical pictures, he would have put our eyes up and down instead of side to side?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it makes sense. But, you know, yeah. I'm not going to argue with editors in magazines. So So, you know, I took a horizontal photo. I go really heavy on details, right? I want to make sure that I can showcase how a venue looks like, what a table looks like, the ambience of a wedding. Obviously, I put romantic photos because those are the ones that people are going to see reflected on them, right? They're like, oh, I want to look like this couple. But then, you know, I would say that I do like about 30% romantic photos and 70% um, style, images like and by style i'm talking about like table decor ceremony decor things that people can duplicate for their own wedding you're gonna make sure that you're gonna do a little bit of research on keywords right don't go putting the wedding of joan and jane okay who is joan and jane unless you're photographing like prince harry and Meghan, and then there's people that are gonna <laughs> be looking for but yeah. joan and jane they're lovely N- nobody cares So make sure what people care about is like the location perhaps where they get married venue X and Y is really hot in my city. Okay. What is the venue look like? Is it a castle? Is it a ballroom? Is it a garden? Is it a museum? Is it an aquarium? I don't know. What is that specific keyword that many other couples are actually interested in? So those are the things that you're going to put in your title that you're going to put in your description. But again, don't do this. Like it was the early nineties and it's just like, 25, you know, keywords in there. No, you have to write like a human, right? right so go and right. tell why this venue is beautiful and or why this style of wedding was so much fun.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you, um, how, how regularly are you posting on Pinterest? I
0: haven't posted in a while to be honest.
1: <laughs> yeah, but that like, all right. So if, if you're just getting started, you're like in the hustle of it. How, how much are you trying, are you staying to post?
0: I think that at least once a week. Give me okay. one photo a week. If you wanna, you know, be an overachiever and you wanna give me <laughs> five a day, that'll be great.
1: Yeah, I wanna was, be an overachiever.
0: Five. Five a day. Give it to me. Uh, I think that will be good. You have to do this consistently for months. Yeah. This is not a week that you posted five images and you're like, well, doopsie doopsie, nothing happened. So you have to do this for at least, I would say six to seven months consistently. Mm. I don't okay. have to post so many images because I have lots Thousands of photos on my on my account and the good thing about pinterest is like it's evergreen content and instagram you post a photo 45 minutes later forget it nobody's going to find it nobody knows where it went nothing on pinterest if you have good content and you have good keywords your photos live forever
1: as we're sitting here i'm like you're what? Right. i'm going to open up my Instagram or my Pinterest account. Okay. Let's I'm just see. gonna I'm just gonna look. I'm just gonna look. Uh-huh. I, I can't show you because I, I, we're on two different computers, but um I I sort of know uh so there's an impressions I have 21,078 mm-hmm. uh seven plus seventy-five percent. So there's mm-hmm. this one picture those two pictures that I have posted over seven years ago, and mm-hmm. I don't think I've posted anything since. <laughs> so So I, I'm going to get on this train because I, so here's the one thing that frustrates me about marketing for the photography world. Mm -hmm. It feels very, or very passive. That's the word I'm looking for. It feels very passive where you pay some money to get listed somewhere on a giant, huge website and you're just one of a thousand people and you just hope somebody finds you, right? This feels active, right? It feels like you're engaging. You're, you're saying this is, this is who I want to come to me. This is the people who I want to photograph. Mm -hmm. And you can pick photographs like that and curate your own feed. Correct. Right? And say like, this is what I do. This is me. And I'm just thinking about how I would do it now. And I'm starting to say like, well, I'm a hyper emotional person. You know, maybe I start creating some, I don't want to ask you about this in a second. Uh, Maybe I start creating like a board that's just for, you know, emotional wedding photographs or something like
0: that. Also, here is Ooh. the most important part because that's a huge mistake you're about to make. Oh, okay. Okay. So everybody in the world has Pinterest. Anybody could see your photos. Do you care if somebody in Australia is going to your website? No. I, I mean, I, I mean, great. Fantastic. Hi, how are you? Do I care? No, because they're not going to be my clients. I'm not going to get on a plane to go to Australia for a wedding. I don't. (laughs) I don't care how much they pay me. I am not traveling for weddings. That's (laughs) my pet peeve. I'm not doing that. So I don't care if my traffic is coming from Australia because that's going to become business. I'm going to do it local. So emotional weddings in your city. And then you have to actually look if that's a keyword that people is looking for. Because you might think that, oh, somebody's looking for this and nobody's Because again, remember, People are going to be interested for aspirational. Are they probably going to use emotional wedding photography? Probably not. So you don't want to get into this. It's kind of like a diet. You don't want to get in a diet that is not going to get you the results that you want because then you're <laughs> going to be frustrated, right? You're going to uh-huh. get in a in in, in, in a in in a system that is actually reaching out to people that you like or that you want to work with, but also in a very smart way. What could be something similar or, or like a similar, like to be honest, the easiest hanging fruit is start with the venues that you love working at, because most likely the couples that get married there are very similar to your past couples. And maybe they are very emotional couples.
1: Yeah. So I'm looking, I literally have a board called emotional wedding photos. I'm just looking now, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm looking at the top two pictures. This one uh, 20,000 impressions in the last 30 days, maybe mm-hmm. 147 saves 13 outbound clicks and the title or like the caption says Claire and Sean's classic Philadelphia wedding at the Union League on Broad Street, which That's is like perfect. which would sort of make sense that that would be because the Union League is a very well-known mm-hmm. big ballroom. The pictures I it was a horizontal picture that I cropped ver- <laughs> vertically <laughs> So like, because I, I heard that from a friend of mine years ago, uh, who's a wedding planner. She said, no, you have to, you have to. if you have a great hor- uh, horizontal picture, you got to crop it vertical. Just do it. And uh, there's another one that is, it's the bane of my existence, this picture. It's this, maybe like the first year I was taking pictures, uh, like 2010 or 2011. And I took a, you know, what a s'more is, um, that's, is yeah, that regional like- regional thing? Yeah, like. Graham cracker, yeah, the cookie with chocolate.
0: Yeah,
1: everybody knows what s'mores are. Okay, just making sure. Um, And I put an an engagement ring Mm. in a s'more, and it's Mm -hmm. like on a hand, and it's like everybody eats that picture up. That's the second most popular picture for forever. But that, like those those two things, hit what you're talking about. One is sort of inspiration. It's a camping style Mm -hmm. or camping themed engagement session. Is the is the caption. Um, And the other one is, is the, you know, classic Philadelphia wedding at the Union League. And those two things, it doesn't, it makes sense why they're doing well, because they're doing exactly what you're saying.
0: Correct. And now to prove your theory, what you would have to do is you have to go to your Google Analytics and see your traffic for the past 30 days and see what has been the trap. I mean, at least at a minimum, you have 13 because you have 13 outbound clicks. So at a minimum, you have 13 there. So the goal here is to have enough images that we're going to get a lot of traffic. Like I just did uh, on my Instagram stories, I don't know, like two days ago, I think that I showed my, my analytics and in the past 30 days, I had from Pinterest, 450 clicks to my website. I don't know if that's a lot for a lot of people or if that's too little for a lot of people. For me, it's plenty because when I go to my Google Analytics and I check where this traffic is coming from. New York, Miami area, and California. I know that's where my my client hubs are. So again, in my mind, I check my data, check, check, good. This is the only thing that I want from my Pinterest. Now, if I get, like I just recently booked a wedding that she actually put, I found you on Pinterest. And I was like, oh my God, this is so exciting. But that happens maybe three times a year. But again, the amount of traffic that I'm getting to my website, thanks to Pinterest is thousands a year. So for me, that's what Pinterest is doing for me. It's actually connecting me with couples that are looking for aspiration or inspiration into my website. The, do- the job of Pinterest has been done. Then I have to look at my website. Are people staying on my website? Are people looking at my breadcrumbs? Check, it's done. So those things are working. Then the next thing is like how many increase I'm actually getting, right? Okay, I get enough increase, Good. Let's say twenty-five inquiries a month or thirty. That's good for me. And then I look at my bookings. So let's say that if I get thirty inquiries a month and I book nobody, then Pinterest isn't broken, my website isn't broken, my contact form isn't broken. Then my discovery call it's broken because I got somebody interested in my services all the way until the discovery call, and that's when I lost them. So that's what we need to start thinking about our business. When people tell me like, "Oh, I'm not booking any clients." And I start like, okay, let's start at the very beginning. What are you doing? Yep. Problem solved. Then I, exactly. So I start like th- troubleshooting because people will say mm. like, oh, my website isn't working. Okay, that might be the truth, but let me see your traffic. Let me see your increase. And then we can, not exactly, but like with at least, you know, 90% accuracy why you're not booking and where the trouble is happening. So when people tell me about Pinterest, am I going to get leads thanks to Pinterest? Yes, you are. Are you going to get tons of leads that said they found you on Pinterest? I don't know. Maybe you do. I myself as a Pinterest specialist and somebody that loves Pinterest, I get very few that actually said that they found me on Pinterest. But once again, when I go back and look at my data, the job in my mind, the job of Pinterest is not to technically Get me a contact form that says I found you on Pinterest. The job of my Pinterest is to get qualified traffic into my website. That's it. Once you understand this, you can troubleshoot and you don't get overwhelmed with your marketing strategies.
1: So, all right. So I, I feel like like there are a million other questions that I have, but I don't want you to throw out and teach your whole entire course on this podcast. Uh-huh. But we're like on this like top level and there's so many questions I want to ask about. Ask me. You know, uh, <laughs> Well, I want to give you the opportunity to talk about your course, The Art of Pinning, because I feel like, you know, no matter how much, you know, we talk about it here, you have taken this sort of thoughtful approach and sort of laid it out of how people should you know work through this process you know we could talk about how to pin and all that stuff but i know you go into depth about setting up the account and all those kind of things which is something we can't do here so can you share a little bit about you know the art of pinning and you know for anybody who's listening that you know wants to go make this happen this is where you do it
0: (laughs) sure so i have a class that is breakdown in modules each module is about max 20 minutes long like i like to consume content in very small bites uh, and each module is going to walk you through a process starting with like let's get your account ready so like starting at the super most basic level all the way to like idea pins video pins all the way to like tracking your analytics I have a bonus on like uh, content creation give you ideas on what to name your boards things like that um, I have talk about Pinterest in pretty much every single level. So I'm here talking for free. Great. You want to dive a little bit deeper. I also have a podcast where I have like, I don't know, maybe five or six episodes about Pinterest. I have a freebie on my website. If you want to join me on Patreon, I talk about at you know, at $10 a month. And now if you (laughs) want to buy the class for 190 something dollars that it costs, there is there. So at any point that you are, there is an opportunity for you to learn about Pinterest. At the end of the day, you can learn as much as you want to. But if you don't put it into practice and you're not consistent, it doesn't matter if you even buy my class. At right. the end of the day, it's not what it matters. You have to put on the work. And I love Pinterest. It's my second most uh, traffic-driven platform that I use. So I absolutely yep. love it. What's the first? Google.
1: Okay. Yes.
0: Instagram. You know, Instagram. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I, I know we talk about Pinterest, but let me tell you something about Instagram. Once again, you need to be extremely clear on what the goal of each platform it is. My Instagram, when I look at my analytics, I get very few traffic from Instagram into my website. But that is not the goal of my Instagram. The goal of my Instagram is to be personable so I can stay in touch with my current clients so they can refer me future clients and with new clients so they can know me. So the day of the wedding, I am not a stranger. I am not even there to book clients. Have I booked clients thanks to Instagram? Yes. Do I get followers every day? Yes. But I don't care about that because my goal is very clear. My goal there is to make new friends with my couples that booked me today recently and stay in touch with couples that I photographed six, seven years ago. If I am doing those two things by engaging on their photos if we have DM conversations about random things like reality tv i know that instagram is doing its job so i don't get frustrated when people tell me like oh i booked 25 weddings thanks to instagram great i don't awesome. care about that because i am doing something else on instagram yep. so you need to know exactly what the goal of each platform is
1: i love that we sort of optimize our businesses for the things that make the most sense for us right like Um, you know, Pinterest works really well for you and you, you know, and that's like sort of where you, you know, you cast a wide net. Um, I love to talk to people randomly at rest, like the first (laughs) wedding, the first anything I ever booked was literally uh, a woman standing in front of me with her fiance. And I, I would, I carried business cards with me all the time. And I was so in tune with when women had, um, engagement rings on and I would Uh hand out a business card and be like, Oh, if you're engaged, uh, do you have a photographer yet? And I would do that all the time. Um, This is
0: my worst nightmare. (laughs)
1: right? Like, but this is what I'm saying. Like, like we all have, but this is the whole point of this podcast is that we shouldn't specialize in just one. There's like a foundation of our marketing pyramid. Um, and I think, you know, the foundation of mine is word of mouth and Mm -hmm. and really supercharging my clients to tell other people about it. And that is how I use Instagram. But like, but I also have this other side of things that I need to continue to funnel people into my business. And that is something that I need to spend more time on, which is Pinterest and things like that. Correct. And I think I think that is what you know so many photographers need to do is is you can get hyper specialized on one, but also cast this wide net. Um, I don't want to put all my all eggs
0: in one in one basket. So like right. I like to have three. Three for me seems like completely doable, right? So I have SEO, which is my website, my blog post, all that for me. It's very important because again, I want to do things that are evergreen, things that are going to live forever. I already did all the hard work for Pinterest, so I can relax here and don't post for three, four months because I have, I don't know how many pins working for me, right? I already do the heavy lifting. Now, the second thing, again, Pinterest. And the third thing is Instagram. Am I doing TikTok? No, I don't enjoy it. I don't care. You can tell me that that the best people are on TikTok, (laughs) but that's not for me because I don't enjoy it. So yeah. I'm never going to do it, but I'm also not going to just be like, I'm going to focus only on Pinterest and forget about everything else because what happens if Pinterest disappears, right? I want to have at least two other things that hold me together. And that will be for me, my SEO and my Instagram. So pick, you know, if you're listening to this and you're like, let me, you know, let me find out. Again, there is so many free content that you can consume before you make a decision, but What I think I want you to understand is that this is not gonna be an easy fix to a broken problem. If you don't have a good website, it's not gonna work out for you because you do need a website to have, I mean, you don't need a website, you need a URL. Could you send them to Instagram? You could, you're losing people that way. And I explain all this in my class why, but I wanna tell you here the reason why. Let's (laughs) say, let's say that you have a beautiful photo, right? That I'm looking for a Philadelphia photographer and I find your photo, the one that you're talking about, you know, that is so beautiful. And yeah, I yeah. click on it and you send me to your profile on Instagram. I don't know where that photo is, especially if you took it seven years ago. That photo, like it's going to take me hours to find it. Nobody has hours <laughs> to find anything. The second thing that is going to happen is like now I'm on Instagram and Instagram has done an amazing job at I don't know, messed up our brains because now I see that I have likes. I see that maybe I have a couple of DMs. So I completely forgot about you, Daniel. Bye. It was nice meeting you. Now I'm on somebody's DMs talking about something else. So, what (laughs) do you need? You're looking at
1: reels, you're scrolling forever. Yes.
0: So, what you need is you send them to your website because you can control the experience in your website. Yep. So, yeah, that's another tip.
1: Goodness. Okay. So you mentioned a little bit um, of where people can find you, but you didn't mention your podcast name, your websites, like how to hit your Patreon up, lay all those things out right now so we can um, so we can hear about where they are.
0: Super easy. Go to the talkrepublic.com. That is T O G Republic.com. You can listen from, to all the Podcast episodes there. There is a little button that says education. If you click that, it's going to link you to my Patreon, to my website reviews, to my Pinterest class, to I don't even know what else I have in there. I have coaching if you want to. So, yes, the, the most important address will be the talkrepublic.com.
1: So, on a personal note, I'm very thankful uh, that you decided. Take some time from your busy rock star schedule (laughs) and uh, come on the podcast, which is little old me. (laughs) Um, No, but seriously, uh, you have been uh, somebody who, especially when I was starting out, I remember having many conversations with you as things were going on and messaging back and forth. You've been such a cheerleader for me, but also just um, really for so many people and just putting out so much uh, awesome content for an area that is uh, murky and confusing for a lot of us. And you do such a great job of of really simplifying it and helping us all do a better job of elevating our industry. So thank
0: Aww, you. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you for having me. I love uh, our combos. And I'm so happy to see that you have your own podcast. I love to see other people succeed. And again, there is space for all of us in here. So. Nice. You know, I really uh, appreciate all you do. And I was really excited about this because I've
1: been waiting for so. a Yeah, you get to be on the opposite side of the microphone. It's very fun to be on other podcasts, too. So it I don't know how fun. often you get to do that. but It is
0: fun. It is fun. Yeah. How's your awesome. Spanish, by the way? That Duolingo.
1: I'm, I'm working. Today was day 45. It's like it's not quite making the jump from like brain to mouth yet. But I
0: completely understand because I'm learning Swedish. Uh, oh, my goodness. Yes. So I mean, yes, I know how to say a lady loves a sandwich. That's amazing. But (laughs) I've noticed and this has nothing to do that you do get vocabulary. So yeah, continue with your Duolingo uh, experience.
1: Thanks, Carolina. I appreciate it. You're awesome. I appreciate that you're here today.
0: Awesome. Thanks so much for having me.